Welcome to the Ollie at WVU podcast, Get to Know Each Other. This is Michelle, and I am your host for this episode. This month, we're talking with Danielle Funk, Ollie volunteer instructor and program manager for the West Virginia Center for End-of-Life Care. Danielle coordinates educational and community-based outreach opportunities to help West Virginia residents and healthcare providers better understand advanced care planning, the center, and the e-directive registry. She is also a pet owner, a gardener, and is definitely obsessed with food trucks. Danielle and I had a lot of fun in this episode, so I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Welcome, Danielle, and thank you for talking to me today. You work at the West Virginia Center for End-of-Life Care, um, and you've taught several Ollie classes for us before. So one of the things I was wondering was, it seems like it would be hard to, you know, focus on the end of life all day. How did you end up at the Center for End-of-Life Care, and how do you deal with having to talk about death all the time? Yeah, so thanks for having me. I definitely love what I do, so it helps with the whole talking aspect of it, but I actually started with the Center for End of Life Care as a student worker and undergrad, which would have been 2014 maybe, and then I came back, and what I found was when I went in as a student worker, I knew nothing about advanced care planning. I had no idea what this was. I was expecting it to be boring. Uh, and then I got there and went, wait a second, this is awesome. And I was able to connect it to my own family experiences. My maternal grandmother passed away before I was born and she, she had cancer. And what happened was she didn't go through advanced care planning. So she didn't talk about what she would or would not want, which happens very, very commonly, more commonly than I would like to see happen. So when it reached the end point of her life. She was unconscious. She was not going to recover. She couldn't speak for herself. My mom and my grandfather had to work together to say, we're going to end life support because this is not going to, you know, this isn't what she'd want, but they never actually knew if that's what she wanted or not. They never had that confirmation because they didn't talk about it. So I had that sort of not experience because I wasn't alive then, but that knowledge of the experience. And then when I was in middle school, my paternal grandfather also had cancer and he went about it the full advanced care planning way. So he had advanced directives, he had medical orders, he was working with home health and hospice and everybody, all of us knew what he wanted. So when we made it to the end of his life, it was, it sucks because obviously losing people is awful, but it was almost peaceful because we all knew that he had everything he wanted. And I mean, everything from his actual medical care to he happened to be a big sports fan and he passed away during um, the March Madness tournaments for basketball. And his, you know, before he passed away, he's like, you can't have my funeral until after the tournaments are over. I don't want people <laughs> distracted. And so we did that. And it was just so much, I don't know, more reassuring, I guess, that we knew we were honoring what he wanted throughout his whole illness and afterwards. So that's how I ended up here. 
And that's why I, this is not my degree. My degree is psychology, but I love it. I want to be here all the time, just sort of telling people that advanced care planning sounds scary. People don't like thinking about not being able to speak for themselves, but it's really important and awesome. And the center just helps make that possible. We just do it all for free. So that's how I got here. And it definitely makes me able to cope with sort of the stress of having phone calls where it's like, oh, this person's sick. Oh, this person's in this position. All this happened. I can sort of get through that because I remember, hey, the center is actually helping people. This is helping people with these decisions. And sometimes there's some unpleasant experiences and tough phone calls. But even if it's just me listening to those phone calls, it's an outlet for these individuals who might not feel comfortable telling their loved ones, I'm stressed out about the situation during the situation. Like I get that. We, I don't like to tell it. My mom, when I'm stressed out about something she did. So call somebody and that's, that really helps for sure. That is, that is a really positive way to look at uh, something that, that a lot of people might feel as a negative about having uh, to talk about death all day. So you mentioned the psychology in there, and we had talked about this in email. And one of the things that I hope we could talk about is is uh, mental health during the pandemic, because so many people are struggling. For those of us who have mental health issues, um, I I have a variety of mental health issues, and I have long-standing decades of coping mechanisms, but. For the past six months, especially, all of my coping mechanisms are crumbling around me and I'm just having a really hard time dealing with it. And I think everyone else is too. It's just been a lot for everyone to deal with. I would like to talk about some coping mechanisms that people can do and also reassure people that this is a really, really hard thing. And even if you don't normally have mental health issues, it can be a struggle and it's okay to not be okay, but there are things that we can do to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. So I am very, very open about my own mental health experience just because I think kind of like advanced care planning, I think people should talk about it. It's not this abnormal sort of, oh my gosh, let's avoid it thing. So I definitely have had depression and anxiety my entire life. Um, I've had a whole toolkit of coping mechanisms that I have used over the years. I also recently found out that I have PTSD, which I guess wasn't surprising for me to learn, but it was also surprising for me to like have confirmation that that's what it was. Because even though I have two degrees in psychology, I was like, yeah, no, I can't. That's for people who are in the military. That's for people who go through something really, really awful. And I am in counseling, I highly recommend it. If anybody is out there and they're like, oh, I wanna talk about this, even if it's not stressful, even if it's like this awesome thing happened, I wanna tell somebody and you don't know who to tell, hey, find a counselor, that's what they're there for. You don't have to go to a counselor because you have quote unquote problems. You can go to learn more about yourself and keep improving. But yeah, so I definitely very open about mental health, have had, two degrees of coping skills, have had years of coping skills. And I was talking to my counselor and I was like, that toolkit is totally gone. 
And it was almost like I couldn't even remember what worked before. And so she kind of told me, she's like, let's stop talking about terms because I was coming from the literature background. Stop talking about terms and let's just break it down. And this is what I would recommend for everyone. If you just want to feel better in general, do what makes you feel better. And it sounds so stupid to say it that way, but she goes, what do you enjoy doing? Like, what is something you enjoy doing for yourself? And that's when I went in, oh, I have 4 billion animals and being with them makes me happy. When the dogs are laying beside me and they're asleep, I'm like, awesome, nap time. That makes me happy. I'm playing with the cats. I'm out with the horses. That makes me happy. And so we're coming into spring and I love gardening. I'm very believe it or not, I'm actually super introverted. And so having that, um, having that sort of just me and the plants and the garden situation really helps because I just sit out there all the time. If you do that and you're like me, please wear sunscreen. I already got burnt once and we're not in the summer yet. This pandemic is totally unprecedented. I don't like saying that word because everybody has said it a thousand and fifty times, but it is unprecedented. So everybody's stressed out and it might be something you've dealt with before. Like you and I were saying, we've dealt with our own sort of mental health side for a long time, or it could be something totally new and find something that makes you happy. Like that's what I recommend. It, it helps. It sounds really simple, but the other side of it is, and this is the part that I'm really bad at, try to challenge yourself in a reasonable way to improve something that you've avoided. Like I have very, a lot of people have very negative self-perception. Like that's, it happens, self-image, self-confidence, not there. I was like, okay, every single day, I'm going to find something good to say about myself. And it Lovely. sounds really, yeah, it sounds kind of odd to like, you know, be sitting there and actually requiring yourself to say it but the more I've done it the more natural it becomes the better it helps there's a huge difference between being comfortable in yourself and being arrogant so don't think that doing something for yourself makes you arrogant that is not at all what's going on find things that make you happy even if it's just food or eating I big food family so we I eat food try things the neighbors and I we all share stuff um actually I came home yesterday and my one neighbor beside me she had hung teeny tiny little easter eggs with string to the bushes outside her house for her grandkids for easter obviously and I was like oh that's so cute and when I came home from work yesterday she had done the same thing to one of the bushes in my yard and I was like oh that's so sweet just small things like that trying to find a small way to be happy every day has really helped me it's just we're all trying to do the best we can and we all need to be gentle with ourselves and with other people around us we're in a new situation so that's yeah, I mean, mental health is super important and we don't talk about it enough, but it can be as easy, quote unquote, as just finding something that makes you happy. And then, of course, go talk to a counselor, find yourself a, a healthcare professional that works with mental health. They're great. That's what they're there for. And I think you touched on something that has been super important for me for decades, 
which is if one is actually open about their own mental health struggles, then that allows other people to feel, well, maybe, maybe it's okay. I've talked about my depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder for going on 20 years now. And I've actually had several friends who were like, you know what? I, I don't think I'm okay. Can I talk to you? And, you know, from there, because they were willing to talk and, you know, I was able to say, you know what, I think maybe you should go to a doc, you know, maybe counseling would help you. Maybe you need medicine. It makes a huge difference for any one person who is struggling to know that they're not the only one. They're not alone out there, that it, it's happening to everyone and it's happening to everyone really bad right now. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I, that's the reason I'm so open for sure. Whenever I was younger, I honestly didn't really understand mental health. So like I knew I processed things differently, but I didn't know why I couldn't put a term on it. And then I had a term and I was like, this is new. And I didn't really talk about it. And as soon as I learned more, I was like, let's talk about it. And I honestly am very, very open with it. And anytime if I have a volunteer helping with the center and I happen to have a counseling appointment at the same time, I'm like, hey, if you need me, I'm going to have my door shut. I'm in a counseling appointment. I'm going to go talk to my psychologist. And sometimes people will look at me like, oh, is this a cry for help? And so I'm always like, I'm just letting you know, because it's okay to talk about it. Like, you don't have to respond. You don't have to, you know, don't say you're sorry. This is not a sad thing. This is me taking care of myself. This is me showing love to myself by trying to be better. So yeah, definitely be open, talk about it. Everybody's going through things and. Yep. It, it just needs to be normalized and, and it helps because I treat everything with humor. I have always been joking like, oh, I'm off to the happy doctor now. <laughs> Mental health doesn't mean somebody's a monster. It just means they're a normal person. Exactly. Yeah, no, I just am going to um, add one more thing to that because you said humor and my family thrives on sarcasm, just thrives on sarcasm. So actually, even yesterday, it was one of those days where everything that could go wrong went wrong and instead of getting upset or angry about it my mom and I were in the car driving to work together and I just started joking about it and so like somebody would drive stupidly on our, on the interstate and I'd be like and of course we have this vehicle up there and you know start <laughs> like exaggerating my words and my mom would get so tickled at how just how sarcastic I was being about all of these little things. And the more she laughed, the better I felt, the more I laughed. And so, yeah, even just joking about stuff can help. <laughs> I actually had a friend that I would walk with every day. I would take even the littlest irritating thing that happened and I would turn it into this big over the top story <laughs> that would end up making us both laugh. And it not only helps me to reframe whatever issues I'd had through the day, but like you said, it, you know, for some of us making other people laugh feels really good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just even if you have to fake the humor, just try to make yourself smile or laugh. I promise I have found that it helps even if it's fake. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about food. We had a little email exchange <laughs> and you told me all about the food trucks. How did you how did you discover all of these food trucks? And how did I not know about all of these food trucks? Because that's the perfect pandemic thing. It's okay, we're eating it. Nobody wants to go into a restaurant. A food truck is great. How did I know? Exactly. So if there is food, I will find it. Like <laughs> I Pretty much, you know, people travel and they're like, oh, I want to go see this spa. I want to go do, I travel based around food, pre-pandemic, you know, 2020, I guess I was, feels like it was 10 years ago, 2020 pre-pandemic, I took mom to Vegas. It was the first time she and I'd gone there. And when we came back, everyone's like, oh, did you see this? Did you do this? Did you go there? And I was like, we ate at all of the restaurants that we could and we'd get, I can't even remember what it's called, but you can get this sort of like flight of food, I guess. And we would both get a different one. So we could try instead of having one big meal, you're having eight samples of things off the menu. So they were like, so oh, great. you just, I, I highly recommend it. They were like, you just ate? And I went, absolutely. Um, so food trucks, anybody that works at Health Science Center at WVU will probably agree with this pre-pandemic as well, we would have the farmer's market come out to the parking lot on Wednesdays, which was the best day of the week because we really don't have that many food options for lunch. Most of the, the farmer's market were food trucks. So we, you know, there were some that came up from where I live in Bridgeport and they would be in Morgantown and all that stuff. And whenever I guess it was this past summer, I had seen some of the people I went to high school with opened up their own food truck. And I was like, okay, let's check that out. And in the process of looking for those food trucks, I found a barbecue food truck. I found another food truck. There's pasta, there's this. And I drove past something called Mr. Taco. And I was like, hmm, I like tacos. Like I'm, I can really get behind some tacos. Let's try that. And since then, I have probably invested my entire life savings into this food <laughs> truck, buying everything on the menu. I actually went there uh, Saturday and Sunday of this last weekend because I have an addiction to this place. And I was even buying food for my neighbors because they hadn't tried it yet. I texted <laughs> them. I was like, what do you want? I sent them the menu. So yeah, food trucks, if you are anywhere near Bridgeport or Clarksburg or Fairmont, because they kind of go in that little circle, I'd check out Mr. Taco. I have never had Mexican food that is better than this food truck. And I'm talking at any other food truck, any restaurant, any like anywhere, this is the best. And I actually go there and buy so much so often that I even earned myself this little hat. They Aww. gave it to me last time. And it's just this teeny tiny little like sombrero Mr. Taco hat that's on a headband. And I picked up my food on Sunday and the it's a husband, a wife and their son that run this shop or this taco truck. And the wife cooks all the food. So I always joke that it should be called Mrs. Taco, not Mr. Taco. But I picked up the food and she went, wait, Danielle, you can have the Mr. Taco hat. And I go, only if I can call it Mrs. Taco, because you're the one that makes the food. <laughs> so food trucks, I, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I actually have convinced a couple people from WVU to make the 
35 minute drive to Bridgeport this weekend to get food at Mr. Taco. So I big fan, big fan. <laughs> we were coming back from our hike at Cedar Creek. And I was like, I was like, oh, we're going to head through Bridgeport. Let me see. And I'm like, oh, they closed at four and we'll be going through at 530. Oh, we'll have to time that better in the future. You talked a little bit about, you know, what you're doing to help yourself to help yourself through the pandemic. One of the things that I do is read, which anybody who has ever seen, you know, my Zoom room knows that I love to read. So you <laughs> said you uh, obviously food, but also gardening. So what else, like what, what do you plant and what else do you do? Yeah. So I used to be a super avid reader and I fell out of it. So I'm going to need to pick that up, maybe get some recommendations from you at some point to do that again. I did. I don't know if it counts as reading. I listened to it as an audio book because that I was totally busy. Counts. Okay, great. So I did the audio book of um, They Both Die at the End. I think mm -hmm. that's the name of it um, because I'm actually the center. We're doing a presentation um, in April with uh, one of the libraries and that was the book that they were reading. So I read that really great, really loved it. But on the normal Danielle side of life, I anything that I can do, I will do. So whether it's just watching something or listening to something, I am really big into true crime, which sounds so counterintuitive because I'm like, have anxiety and I'm constantly on edge about everything. And I'm like, yeah, let's listen to some true crime podcast. Let's watch the documentary on this streaming platform <laughs> about this actual true crime event. But I do, and it's super enjoyable and fun for me because I get to learn stuff and I pretend that it's me continuing my psychology studies, even though <laughs> Definitely not how that works. That's not equivalent to either of my degrees. So yeah, we were doing that. And I do remember we all, we all, you and I had spoken about podcasts when we were talking about this podcast coming mm -hmm. on to do this. And you had mentioned, um, and I totally just scared the name out of it. But this podcast will kill you? Yes. So I got really excited that you said that because I've listened to that one. I love it. Obviously, that's not true crime. That one's all about infectious diseases and all of that really cool stuff. Um, but the reason I got excited was that is on the Exactly Right Network. Mm -hmm. And the Exactly Right Network is the podcasting network that was created by the two people from my favorite podcast. And so every time... I sound like they're my best friends. I don't know these people, but I listen to them every day of the pandemic. So in my mind, they're my best friends. <laughs> so every time I hear something about the Exactly Right Network, I'm like, oh, that's Karen in Georgia. That's awesome. Because I listen to My Favorite Murder and it's super just entertaining and enjoyable to me. And if anybody's listening for or looking for a good true crime podcast, I highly recommend it. I will warn you, there is a lot of profanity. However, I find it quite hysterical because it's just a good, a good podcast. So no, and this podcast will kill you is a great one as well. Huge fan of it. Pretty much everything on the exactly right network. I can just turn it on whenever I'm, you know, doing monotonous tasks. And then I realize I listen to like 10 hours of it straight and I go, Oh, I should probably go out and be in the real world now. <laughs> So what, what are you planning on planting this year? 
last year, uh, I don't want to say I was thriving at the beginning of the pandemic because that makes it sound like the pandemic was good. It's not. But I was thriving because, again, introverted and I could stay at home and I could work from home with my pets. So I decided it just spontaneously woke up one morning and said, my mom needs some flower beds at her house. And I, by myself, dug 350 square feet of ground around her porch. (laughs) Yeah, I got, uh, that was, that was a lot. I definitely got a lot of sunburns, even though I wore sunscreen. It was a lot, but 350 square feet of grass up. My neighbors were happy because they were like, can we use this as turf in our yards? Yes, take it. And then planted 350 square feet of flower beds. And we have flowers um, that will bloom fall, winter, spring, and summer. So all of that's in there. It's I spent way too much time on it, but I loved it. So this year I was looking and I go, oh, crap. I planted all of my daffodils on one part of this flower bed. Like, I don't know how I did that. Everything else I spaced out. It was all organized. It was all in line. So I'm going to be planting daffodils around the rest of the flower bed to make it match. (laughs) And I think I'm going to add some tulips this year and crocuses because I didn't have those last year since I started. And it was kind of after their blooming season. Um, So I'll do that. I might be adding some more hostas um, outside the flower bed. Uh, Yeah, last year planted the 350 square feet of the flower beds. I planted two trees and I think it was like eight or nine bushes around the yard. Wow. Uh, Yeah, like I have a tulip bush. I have some rows of Sharon. I, I just kept planting and I'll send you the link for this one. Watch me plug something else. Freed's Greenhouse. Yeah, it's so all everything I get is from Freed's Greenhouse, which is off I-79 at the Saltwell exit. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Like, I love that greenhouse. I actually have totally asked them to supply my wedding favors for when I get married in December. Yeah, so I'm going to, like, give out bulbs and stuff to the guests so they can plant them. But Freed's is... Yeah, I'm really excited, but Freed's is great. They have everything you'd ever need. If they don't have it, you ask them and they order it. It's a family-owned business. They're amazing. Everything I've ever gotten from them has done spectacularly. And they have a really cute giant German shepherd that's like 135 pounds, I think they said, or something. He's a big boy. His name's Jasper, and he's so cute. So if nothing else, go pet the dog. He's sweet. (laughs) We probably need to be wrapping this up. So last question, or what do you think people could do to make the world a better place? I would just reiterate what we said before with, I think everybody just needs to be more gentle. Just be nicer to yourself and be nicer to others, regardless of where you come from with, you know, religion or being spiritual or, you know, any sort of politics or anything. Everybody seems to be wanting to divide everything right now and I just think sort of the best motto the best life policy is to actually treat people with kindness which sounds really dumb to have to say out loud but just realize that that's another person and you might not understand everything that they went through and it's okay to disagree some of my best friends we've been totally opposite on all major decisions 
and I still adore them. I'd give them my kidney if they needed it. So I just think that we should all be nicer to ourselves and nicer to everyone else. And just hopefully that'll, you know, make things start coming back to a place where we can all exist as different individuals and not have to justify every single decision we make when it's different. That that is perfect. And that's yeah, <laughs> be kind. That's yes. That that's what everyone needs to do. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for agreeing to come on the podcast with us. I've had a lovely time. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed this as well. Yes, thank you. I did. And thank you for putting up with me rambling. Lord knows I am very comfortable with you so I can talk for hours. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I will let you know when I finally make it past Bridgeport to go to the food truck. Perfect. <laughs> okay, perfect. My thanks again to Danielle for joining me and thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, please know there are resources available for you to reach out for help. I'll have links in the show notes. However, if you are in immediate crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You don't have to struggle alone. If you would like to join us on this podcast, or if you know an Ollie member we should interview, please reach out to us at ollie at hsc.wvu.edu. That's O-L-L-I at hsc.wvu.edu. Until next time, take good care and be kind to those around you and yourself.